Jonah chapter 1. And our verse, our text this morning is the verse 14. <clears throat> Wherefore they cried, that is the murderer. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thy, O Lord, hath done as it pleased thee. Jonah was soon to realize that his disobeying of the Lord's command and will was a grave mistake. Also, he found out to his cost that he could not escape from the presence of the Lord as he had hoped to do so. Verse 3 But Jonah rose up to flee on the Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. When you seek to get away from the presence of the Lord there's only one way to go and that's down. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them on the Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He was determined to get away, he believed, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord made it known his presence to Jonah when the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so the ship was like to be broken verse 4 as pointed out last week it is impossible for any man to escape from the presence of the Lord for he is omnipresent God is everywhere you recall in Psalm 139 and there in verse 7 whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence if I, if I ascend up into heaven thou art there if I make my bed in hell thou art there if I take the wings of the morning and fly and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day the darkness and the light are both alike to thee 
And so Jonah, in his foolishness, thought he could escape and run away from the presence of the Lord. No man can disobey God as Jonah did and hope to escape the consequences. But we see that Jonah's disobedience put the lives of others in danger. Verse 5 And then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the words that were in the ship into the sea and to lighten it of them. They were afraid. These were mariners. These were men who were used sailing through stormy seas. But this was different. And here we find that they were afraid. These mariners suffered because of the disobedience and the sin of Jonah. Others suffered because of Jonah and his sin. Just as Israel suffered because of the sin of Achan. For we read in Joshua 22, and there in verse 20, Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel? And that man perished not alone in his iniquity. Because of Achan's sin, others suffered. Because of Jonah's sin, others suffered. And so in the midst of the storm, <coughs> these mariners called upon the God of heaven for deliverance and for salvation. Salvation in a storm. And as we will see, this was one of the unusual prayer meetings that we find in God's Word. And this unusual prayer meeting brought indeed to those mariners salvation in the storm. One first of all to consider the cause of the storm. The cause of the storm, as we have seen, the storm came from the Lord, verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And what was the reason then for the storm? Why did God send the storm? Well, it was because, first of all, of a rebel. Jonah was the rebel. Rebelling against God's command. Turning his back literally on the will of God. And notice how he rebelled against the Lord and it didn't even cost him a thought. You look there at verse 5. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship 
and he lay and was fast asleep he rebelled against God turned his back on God's will and went down into the ship and fell fast asleep his disobedience of God did not cost him a thought how can a man sleep soundly knowing that he has openly defied and disobeyed the Lord Jonah did and you know there are many today and they're living in disobedience to the God of heaven the one they profess to know the one they profess to love they live in disobedience to God and yet they sound sleep they sleep soundly every night doesn't trouble them yet when you look at Jonah yes he disobeyed God went down into the ship and fell fast asleep remember he was in the midst of ungodly men the mariners were ungodly men and before the eyes of the ungodly Jonah did not have a good testimony he was a prophet of the Lord yet he didn't have a good testimony look at verse 6 so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him what meanest thou O sleeper arise call upon thy God if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not look at verse 8 then said they unto him tell us we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us what is thy occupation and whence comest thou what is thy country and of what people art thou Jonah made known to them that he was a prophet of the Lord and there in the midst of the storm while the mariners were calling on their false gods Jonah was fast asleep never thought about calling upon the God of heaven and the mariners saw this and Jonah did not have a good testimony before the ungodly they didn't know the God of heaven and there's Jonah he's fast asleep in the midst of the storm and can you imagine here we have the ungodly mariners rebuking a prophet of the Lord because he was fast asleep and because he wasn't praying to the God of heaven what a solemn warning this is to all professing Christians the need to maintain a good testimony before the ungodly we want a testimony that will attract sinners to the Lord Jesus Christ our Saviour I don't mind repeating the story I have told about Ellen, Isabella Dixon Isabella Dixon 
became the wife of Andrew Bonner, great preacher, Dr. Andrew Bonner. Portraits there in my study. Before Isabella Dixon got saved, she met Robert Murray McShane. And after she married Andrew Bonner, she told him about that day that she met Robert Murray McShane. She said, There was something singularly attractive about Mr. McShane's holiness. It was not his matter, nor his manner, either that struck me. It was just the living epistle of Christ. A picture so lovely, I felt I would have given all the world to be as he was but knew all the time I was dead in sins not some testimony it wasn't his matter or manner either that struck me it was just the living epistle of Christ so lovely I felt I would have given all the world to be as he was. So there was McShane. And he has lived such a life that when others saw him, they wanted to be like him and they wanted to know his Savior. Is that not the testimony we want? that in the eyes of others they will see Christ in us and will want to know our Savior. May the Lord grant us a testimony that attracts sinners to Christ. Jonah didn't have that testimony. As well as the rebel we see the remedy. These ungodly mariners challenged Jonah about his rebellion and what was to be done to save them from perishing in the storm. Well, look at verse 11. <coughs> then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? for the sea rod and was tempestuous and he said unto them take me up and cast me forth into the sea so shall the sea be calm unto you for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you the storm had come upon them from the Lord why? because of Jonah's sin because of his sin and the only way that God's wrath and anger could be appeased was to cast the sinner Jonah overboard. That's what he told them to do. Jonah knew he was at fault. Jonah knew 
restore was there because of his sinfulness. When you look at that, you have a picture of salvation. You have a picture of the gospel message. For how may a soul escape the judgment and wrath of God unless they have their sin dealt with? This storm came because of God's anger and wrath. It was judgment. And it was judgment because of the sin that was on board in the person of Jonah. And how may a soul escape the judgment and the wrath of God? But by having their sin dealt with. Do you like? But by having their sin cast overboard. The mariners cried every man to his God. But the storm wasn't abated, then they. Then they cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it. But the storm raged on. Like the sinner who think they can appease the anger of God and escape the wrath of God by doing the best they can. <coughs> they say, well, if I give up the cigarettes, if I give up the drink, if, if I clean up my language, throw these things as it were overboard, I'll have favour with God. No. It doesn't work that way. Because the sin is still there. And here were the mariners, they called them their God. They cast their wares overboard from the ship to lighten it. But it made no difference. The storm raged on. It's only when a sinner has their sin removed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that a sinner will escape the wrath of God to come. Only the God of heaven can remove the sinner's sin. Paul tells us Ephesians 1 verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace have to deal with sin first no soul will escape the wrath of God until their sin is dealt with by the God of heaven as well as the rebel and the remedy we see the reluctance Jonah had told the mariners what to do he told them to cast him overboard because he knew that's why the storm was there he was the cause of the storm his sinfulness 
And the only way to escape the storm and God's anger was to remove sinful Jonah. But we see that the mariners were reluctant to do so. In verse 12, said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Verse 13, Nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. In other words, they were reluctant to cast Jonah overboard. They decided to try and row the ship to land and to safety. Rather than removing Jonah because of his sin, the mariners thought they could save themselves, save themselves from this tempest by rowing their boat to the shore. But then we read those words, but they could not. No doubt they pulled on those oars with all of their might, but they could not get one inch nearer the shore and safety. What do we see here? We see here a picture of those who do their best to pull the vessel of their soul to the heaven's shore and the safety. Think they can escape God's wrath by their own works. By what they do. That's what the mariners thought. They thought that if they could roll the ship to land they would escape the storm and there's many a sinner believe that through their own efforts their own labours and doing the best they can they'll be able to save their souls and reach heaven's shore but you can write over their efforts and they could not it's impossible no man has ever done it. No man has ever done that. Through their labours and doing the best they can, there's no soul has ever reached heaven that way. And yet people still try it. Rather than look to Christ, rather than receiving the Lord Jesus as Saviour, who has said I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me but by me yet still they try as it were to row their vessel to the heaven's shore and every man that has tried it every man has failed Paul told Titus not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us 
by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Not, not, not by works of righteousness that we have done. It's what Christ has done. We rest in what Christ has done. Because what the Lord Jesus Christ has done is accepted. Doesn't matter what we do, it will never be accepted. It's what Christ has done. And we rest in his finished work. And what the Lord has done. Every man who has tried to make the way to heaven by their own efforts. Again, you can write those four words above them, but they could not. <clears throat> so we've seen the cause of the storm. Next we see the cry in the storm. After the mariners did their best to reach the land and failed, we see what they did next. Well, there it is in verse 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thy, O Lord, have done as it pleased thee. There's their cry. Notice, regarding the cry in the storm, notice where they cried. Here's an unusual prayer meeting. Where they cried. Well, it was obviously that they cried upon the Lord God of heaven with the oars in their hands. They were there pulling the ship as best they could to get it to land. And so there they were rowing, and they were rowing, and it was that moment they cried to the God of heaven. An unusual prayer meeting. Men were rowing in the midst of a storm. We're told the men were exceedingly afraid. Verse 10. Notice it wasn't just one or two mariners who prayed. No, it says, verse 14, wherefore they cried, all of them, all the mariners as they pulled on those oars, they cried to the Lord God of heaven. And what was it that stirred them to pray and to look to the God of heaven? Sure, it was the wrath of God. They recognized the storm was there as a result of God's wrath and anger against Jonah. And it was the wrath of God that prompted them to pray and say, Lord, save us that we perish now. We don't want to perish. 
It was the wrath of God that prompted them to pray. That has happened a number of times, I'm sure. When a sinner thinks about the wrath of God, when a sinner thinks about he's facing the wrath of God, the wrath of a holy God, when you think of it, and when sinners think of it, and they get a hold of the truth of God's wrath, they don't want to face it. And the judgment day, and so what do they do? They cry to the God of heaven, Lord, save me. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where they are. We told you a few weeks ago, Pastor Willie Mull got saved in the middle of a field. When he thought about the wrath of God, he couldn't go through with the crime that he was planning. There in the middle of the field, he'd heard about the wrath of God a few weeks earlier. In the middle of the field, he was going to rob, go planning and robbing a house, and then suddenly he thought, what about the wrath of God? In the middle of the field, he cried, to the Lord. Here's the mariners, and they're thinking about the wrath of God. And there they are in the middle of a storm, rowing for all their might in a ship. And they had to pray. They did not want to perish. Know that more sinners will think about the wrath of God. It's coming and it cannot be avoided if that sinner does not have his sin dealt with and put under the blood or like Jonah cast overboard they will never escape the wrath of God. doesn't matter what they do. Except they look to Christ and say, Lord, be merciful to be a sinner. So they know that where they pray, we notice then to whom they pray or cry. We are told to whom they cried out the first time, verse 5. Every man cried unto his God. Now we see in verse 14, the next time they prayed, whom they prayed to, they prayed to the Lord. Notice the word Lord, capitalized. That means Jehovah. Their gods couldn't do anything for them. Their false gods couldn't help them. So they realized that there was but one true God, the Lord God Jehovah. He alone could save them. Praise the Lord. That's the message today. Hasn't changed. 
Only the Lord God Jehovah of heaven can save his soul. So it was the threat of the storm, the storm of God's wrath, anger and God's wrath that turned their hearts to him and lifted their eyes to heaven. Prayer that they would not perish. You know, sometimes it takes something like that to cause a man or a woman to look up and look to the Lord. A storm in someone's life and they realize they can't get through the storm themselves and they look to the Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. It was a storm for these mariners. It was an earthquake for the Philippian jailer. He was fast asleep. And then was shaken by an earthquake. And came in to Paul and Silas and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved on thy house. And he and his house were saved that day. And sometimes it takes a storm. And sometimes it takes an earthquake in someone's life to awaken them to their need of Christ. And here these mariners look to the Lord God of heaven for salvation that's what they were praying for that we perish not well the Lord says in Isaiah 45 verse 22 look unto me and be ye saved look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else there's no hope anywhere else. For the sinner, there's no hope anywhere. In all the world, or 10,000 worlds, there is no hope apart from God, apart from the Lord Jesus, apart from His atoning work. There's no hope. None zero so they see where they cried to whom they cried notice what they cried we look at the words of their cry and we see that they cried for salvation O Lord we beseech thee let us not perish for this man's life lay not upon us innocent blood. O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish. They recognized that only the Lord Jehovah could save them. They had cried to their own gods to no avail. They wanted the Lord to have mercy on them and to save them from perishing. 
mariners didn't want judgment to come upon them the sin of the person of Jonah had to be dealt with if the mariners were going to escape the judgment of God there in the midst of that storm Jonah told them verse 12 what to do cast me overboard because Jonah said I know the storm has come upon you because of me I'm the sinner cast me the sinner overboard you know what's so amazing these mariners acknowledged the righteousness of God not something they acknowledged the righteousness of God because they said for thou O Lord hath done as it pleased thee they knew that God had done right in his dealings with Jonah they didn't attempt to make excuses for Jonah even though they were reluctant to cast him overboard just as some individuals are reluctant to get rid of their sin they don't like giving up their sin but here we see that they acknowledged that God did right and they didn't try to make excuses for Jonah it's the way people today make excuses for their sin they do oh they say oh I have to do this I have to do that I have to go there I have to go wherever and they make excuses for their sin far better to acknowledge their sin and tell the Lord I have sinned Lord save me they've seen the cause of the storm the cry in the storm leads us now to consider the calm after the storm yes the matter has acknowledged that sin in the person of Jonah was the cause of the storm and had to be dealt with so upon their praying to the Lord Jehovah they immediately attended to the remedy as outlined by Jonah himself cast me overboard and we read that after they had prayed to the Lord God of heaven in verse 15 so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging ah see sin was dealt with sin was dealt with and there you have the removal the removal of Jonah the sinner there was no point praying for deliverance listen there was no point praying for deliverance 
while Jonah was still on board. There was no point praying <coughs> that they would not perish while sin was still in the vessel in the person of Jonah. So people do sometimes, you know. They pray to the God of heaven and they want to be saved but they don't want to give up their sin. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Never has, never will. Acts 3 verse 19 Repent That's not a very popular word these days in church circles Repent Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out but before the blotting out of sin there needs to be the repentance repent repent the word repent means to have a change of mind or a change of heart it means turning away from sin finding sin no longer attractive it means turning away from sin and when the soul repents all their sins past, present and future are blotted out think of that, blotted out blotted out never to be remembered against them anymore forever what though the accuser Lord of evils I have done sure I know them all, thousands more but Jehovah findeth none because they're blotted out God has blotted them out by the power of the blood of Christ. The removal. And then you have the result. What was the result? The casting him forth into the sea. The sea ceased. From a raging. Verse 15. In other words. The immediate result was peace and calm. Well, isn't that what the sinner experiences when they have their sin dealt with, when they repent of their sin and their sin is blotted out? That sin that caused them sleepless nights, that sin that plagued their conscience, when their sin is dealt with by the blood of the Lord Jesus there's peace peace like a river flooded my soul since Christ my saviour maketh me whole sweet peace abiding my portion shall be we have peace through Christ alone and there's calm and whenever these men dealt with the sin on board we're told there was a great calm and the sea stopped her raging 
peace there is through the blood of his cross Colossians 1 20 you have the removal you have the result there's peace you have the recognition following the calming of the sea and removal of the storm we see that the mariners recognised the Lord for what he had done verse 16 then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows salvation there it is salvation in the storm there's the evidence of their salvation the men feared the Lord exceedingly before they feared the storm not now they feared the Lord it was a reverential fear fear God God's people are to fear God this is so typical of those whom the Lord saves from the judgment there's a fear and there's a reverence for the Lord And they offered sacrifices and they made vows. So we do end it. We make sacrifices to the Lord. We do what we can for Him. And we vow. We promise the Lord what we'll do in serving Him. Salvation in a storm there it was as a result of one of the Bible's unusual prayer meetings when the mariners prayed when they were pulling on the ropes tells us tells us we can pray anywhere and the Lord will hear us Oh, I trust that someone, somewhere, hearing this word today, will do as the mariners did, and cry to the Lord God of heaven, and cry to the Lord the Savior, that they perish not. May the Lord bless and use his word to his glory. Let's bow in prayer. Our dear Lord, we thank thee for the gospel message. We bless thee, Lord, <coughs> that it is plain, simple, that even a child can understand it. The Lord said, Look unto me and be ye saved. Call upon me in your day of trouble. Come unto me. Lord, it's all so simple. I pray that someone even today 
but offer up Lord to thee a simple prayer Lord save me from my sin save me Lord from perishing O Lord I ask thee that thou would work in someone's heart even this day they might ask thee Lord to save them and ask thee in with their heart we pray now Lord thou will be with us and we part one from the other Lord take us to our homes in safety give us safe travel again especially those who have a little further to go Return us, Lord, in thy will to thy house this evening and spend time around thy work and learn more about thee. Thy may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now forevermore.